milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow, what a, you know, so much is happening every 24-hour news cycle. Everything is happening. It's just incredible. You know, we've already moved on uh, from the uh, rigged election. I mean, Arizona should be ashamed of themselves. They can't count. Georgia. Is looking like, you know, this is looking like deja vu all over again, right? We got the Georgia thing. A lot of people were up in arms about, uh, a lot of people are not happy about a lot of things within the Republican tent. Number one, I don't know why, what has happened to Georgia to where it's not Trump country? And why wouldn't Trump be a great asset for Herschel Walker? Trump could have, Herschel Walker could have the best of both worlds or the, all three worlds, the best of three worlds. I mean, he ought to have three rallies between now and December 6th. One of them should be a DeSantis rally. Another should be a Kemp rally. As much as we don't like Kemp around here, you know, Kemp got more votes than Herschel Walker from what I understand. So you got Kemp, you know, the rhino, the guy that sells out to China. He's the governor of the state, rigging the election to make sure he gets in. But he had, all he had to do was go against Stacey Abrams. So you got Kemp. Which, which one of these is not like the other? You got Kemp, DeSantis, Trump. Which one of these is not like the other? They're all three different. So Kemp... If Kemp appeals to Georgia, then fine. So be so be it. I don't know why anybody's appealing uh, finds Kemp appealing, especially when they have some uh, some other candidates that are Trump endorsed. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, I can't I can't get my I have two brothers that live in Georgia. And every one of them, you know, likes Trump. 
And here's the thing. I don't understand why Trump hasn't, you know, like Trump didn't rally for Herschel Walker, although Herschel Walker and Trump have been best friends or, you know, close friends, not best friends, close friends since the USFL days back in the 80s when Trump, you know, got involved with the USFL and he was launching all these big casinos in Atlantic City and he was at the heyday of his career and all these things were going up. And Herschel Walker made a very maverick decision to join the USFL. I think he did that, and then he went on to the Dallas Cowboys. Then he went into MMA, kicked some butt over there. Herschel Walker is a bad dude. He was a bobsledding Olympian, you know? But the best running back Georgia Bulldogs have ever had, bar none. So Herschel Walker is a guy that has had demons in his life and he's working his butt off uh, to, to, to write, the wrong, write all the things that he may have done wrong. But for the most part, he's a solid individual. He's a classic American. Work hard, do well, achieve things, high achiever, competitive, and... I would like to see Georgia, but it seems like the RNC is rigged. It's divided. It's as divided as Georgia. So Georgians, you know, they're like, oh, we can't have Trump and make his big announcement. We can't have Trump do that because that might just, you know, energize the Warnock. But Warnock is a race baiting fool who beats his wife. A hypocrite upon hypocrites. Loved Colin Kaepernick. That does not represent Georgia and that does not represent anything the America wants to have anything to do with. We already know that Black Lives Matter is a fraud and yet every city you go into, there's still remnants of a Black Lives Matter stupid flag or some stupid sign that says Black Lives Matter like the person who put the sign up that says Black Lives Matter, it's got to be like, it's got to have like an IQ of eight. It's like, wow, you figured that all out on your on your own, that, that black people's lives matter? Wow, that's really brilliant. You're really smart. You mean you're not a homophobe? So you got the rainbow flag and the Black Lives Matter flag in your front yard. Virtue. You're virtuous. But there's a lot of baggage that that all comes with, isn't it? Like if you say all lives matter, you get clobbered over the head. If you wear a Make America Great Again hat, you get it torn off your head. And if you start to give the LBGTQYXYZ community an inroad, they're going to want to teach your children how how to be gender neutral. Or, or give you a, a transgender study program that makes it so dudes dress up like women, dressed up uh, dancing and twerking for, for dollars put in their clothes. Which is a video I've seen, you know, I've seen it a lot. And the teachers unions endorse and support all of this, including critical growth theory. 
1619 Project, Transgender Storytelling. It's insane. You know, it's insane that you can actually get a gender mutilization pill before you can get an ivermectin pill that has been around for 60 years treating malaria and lupus. But yet you can't get an ivermectin pill. Your doctor, who's woke all of a sudden, all of our doctors are woke. Have you noticed? They probably all come from MIT or Harvard. And we all know what's going on there, right? First, we had Jonathan Gruber, the economist, telling us that we were dependent on the stupidity of the American voter to actually you know, create the torturous Obamacare. So that, you know, we wanted to torture it, and we wanted to make it ridiculously hard to understand so that people would just vote for it. They would just believe us. And we would just ram socialized medicine down their throat. And the doctors were like, okay, because they're all socialists. They do not have your best interests at heart. I totally believe that this radical liberalism is a cancer. It's a it's a it's a um, mental disorder. And and the only reason why I say it is because every liberal that I've met that's really radically left doesn't have one flexible bone in their body. That's number one. Number two, they never ever want to debate the issue. They never want to debate it. They don't want to talk about it. As soon as they realize they're going to be challenged, they just don't want to talk about it anymore. They're like, well, I'm not, I don't even read up on it. I just have a strong opinion, but I haven't really read up on it. And it's just sad that we live in this country where this kind of thing goes on all the time. Well, they voted in Kevin McCarthy. How do you like those apples? Kevin McCarthy's now the number one head honcho, whether you like it or not. Are the Republicans even representing their, their, their constituents anymore? I don't know, man. I don't think so. So, I have to say that I was disappointed with Marjorie Taylor Greene. So Kevin McCarthy won the House leadership like it was a walk in the park. And it's sad that we live in a country where this is a guy that supports the Ukraine conflict like there's no tomorrow. Wears his blue and yellow uh, handkerchief and his suit jacket. You know, he's all about Ukraine, all about financing Ukraine. Joe Biden wants another $37 billion to send to Ukraine coming right out of your pocket. Do you think that money's going to go anywhere? They created a ruse. They first said uh, Russian missiles went into Poland. Now they're saying, no, it was a Ukrainian missile that went into Poland. Whoops. Whoops, we almost started World War III because Ukrainian is so stupid that they sent missiles over to Poland. If that's even true, and what is true? Where's the money? We sent $37 billion. We sent $60 billion over to Ukraine, and we find out that this company, FTX, and Sam Bramfield Freed, uh, is the guy that's... Uh, 
funneling money in wokeness to all of his causes, whether it's COVID, climate, Klaus Schwab, the whole entire Klaus Schwab agenda. And we find out that Democrat politicians are getting this money. It's a laundering scheme, and we've been talking about it for forever. The money that goes over there actually has an impact on global inflation. We've said that for a long time. Anytime you print money that you don't have and you inject it into the pockets of oligarchs over in Ukraine and they take that money and funnel it back to people like Lindsey Graham and Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and they take the money and they buy college tuition for their children or they go on a boat ride in the Bahamas or they buy a bunch of hookers and those hookers buy a whole bunch of other stuff. Guess what's going to happen, folks? It's going to stimulate the economy with cash that was printed up. The problem in how you get inflation is when you actually inject demand out of thin air without increasing the supply. Econ 101. Econ 101. So when you inject cash into the economy, you stimulate demand or spending that then causes stress on the supply chain. But without adding workers or without increasing productivity, because the person sitting on the sofa is spending money that wasn't even theirs to begin with, it's going to create this added stress and it's going to create a supply chain problem and it's going to increase inflation. We did it with the student loan forgiveness, even though Nancy Pelosi said the president can't do that by himself, but he did it to buy votes before the midterm election. But then he also did it with the Inflation Re- uh, Re- Resistance Act or Inflation uh, Reduction Act, <laughs> which had the reverse effect of inflation on inflation. And you're going to see inflation go up. You're going to see the economy collapse. You're going to see the price of oil go up as our strategic reserves plummet to almost record low levels. You know, last last night, President Trump gave his speech in Mar-a-Lago where he announced his presidency, and that's great. And he reminded us that he topped off the strategic oil reserves during his first term. And now it's down as low as it can get. We squandered all that savings, strategic oil reserve savings, because we didn't... We, we removed ourselves from being energy independent. And now countries that pollute the earth so much worse than the United States ever dreamed of while they drove for oil is who we want to buy from. It's a ruse, folks. P- these people that are flying all over the world in their private jets don't care about the environment. They just say they do. So we have a rigged and stupid election where we who hold up your hand if you believe that their Arizona election was fair and square. 
with Katie Hobbs, who was the Secretary of State running the show, uh, overseeing the final count against her opponent, Carrie Lake. Raise your hands if you think that was fair. Now, something's got to be done. And although Governor Abbott in Texas declared a state of emergency with regard to the invasion along his border, um, Carrie Lake was going to do the same thing. And in those two states, along with Florida, that would have been great that to stop the influx of illegal voters. Oh, I'm sorry. Illegal slave laborers for the corporations. Oh, I'm sorry. Illegal coyotes carrying fentanyl across our border. Drugs. Oh, I'm sorry. None of those things are allowed to be said on social media. You'll get banned. You'll be censored. I dare say that we need to have a constitutional protection for these organizations. I said this. I said big tech and social media must be held to the same constitutional standards as government institutions when it comes to free speech, censorship, and equality. Civil liberties and election integrity must be protected in the public square. It must be. The NEA, the uh, Teachers Union, National Education Association, said educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. Hmm. That's strange. So, I have here, FTX makes Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's measly $400 million investment in election chump change. This is how political elites launder money. FTX is just one conduit. Democrats approve tens of billions in military aid to Ukraine. Ukraine then parked the money into FTX. FTX sent those monies and donation, as donations back to the Democrats and SBF, you know, freed and FTX, his company, and a, had a $7 million holding called Trump Lose. Freed was also the second largest Democrat donor next to Soros. This takes TDS uh, to a whole new level now. Soros is doing the same thing. He's been doing this. This is not a new invention. He's been doing this for, I mean, because where is he getting all of his money from? It's, it's getting funneled back into him. Bill Gates is playing the same game as well. He's getting his money through vaccines, and he's returning that investment back into politics. It keeps the power structure in place, and the Democrats are the biggest fraudsters on the planet. So Ned Ryan said this about the election. He says, everybody needs to stop complaining about Trump versus DeSantis in 2024 or candidate quality or anything else. None of this matters. The thing, the only thing that matters between now and 2024 is figuring out how we create our own early voting ballot harvesting machine. Because literally you could run a perfect candidate, which doesn't exist, by the way, and never win Michigan, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, probably Wisconsin, maybe not Georgia, probably Arizona, 
unless we figure out how to ballot harvest. Those are the rules moving forward. And it starts with the electronic registrations that have so far been dominated by big tech social media giants like Facebook, Twitter, and Google. I've been saying for years that's exactly how they're doing it. They're getting these registration bots and they're registering online through their power partners like big tech. Incidentally, though, here's the interesting thing. Elon Musk took over Twitter. And Elon Musk also controls satellites. So guess what? Guess what? Now pay attention. Elon Musk is partnering with Google. And wouldn't that be something if he were to be honorable and honest about free speech and algorithms and mandate that if Google wants a piece of the satellite structure in space that Elon Musk has a monopoly over, wouldn't that be something if he said, you got to fix your algorithms over on YouTube and Google? We got to get back to these constitutional principles, even though we're not bound to the requirements the government is with respect to the Constitution. We should honor it. What if he said that? Wouldn't that be something? That would be something, wouldn't it? So it's possible. It's possible. It's very possible. And we'll see what happens. So as uh, I wrote this, I love it when 400 private jets to uh, fly to Egypt for the UN climate conference to tell the uh, peasants to ride bikes, eat bugs, and live in tents while they eat steaks in the nicest ballrooms in the world. (coughs) That was the COP27. The same people who can't count votes in one day think they can alter global climate. Hmm. So, in our new ma- era of mass mail ballots, the election day vote skews overwhelmingly GOP. How motivated do you think Katie Hobbs was to ensure election machines were running smoothly on November 8th? Probably not so much. You know what I mean? So it says here, midterm elections for GOP. This was kind of an interesting little factoid. 1966, 1.5 million votes, 47 seats. 1978, they picked up 14 seats. 94, 5 million votes, 54 seats. Do you know that uh, it was plus? So in 2022... So in 2010, they said plus 6 million votes. So like the GOP got, what the, the argument they're making here is, the GOP owned four out of the five most important issues for the 2022 election. They had over 5 million plus votes than the Democrats. And so in 1966, they oh okay no I misread this okay so I want to I want to read this to you again. Midterm elections for GOP in 1966 the GOP had minus 1.5 million votes, and they picked up 47 seats. 
1978, they had 6 million less than the Democrats, and they picked up 14 seats. In 1994, that was Clinton. Again, this is like after the Democrat had their first term, two years into it. That'd be Bill Clinton, 92 to 94, right? 94. We had 5 million more votes. We picked up 54 seats. Clinton pivoted to the center and worked with Newt Gingrich, if you recall. So 2010, that would have been two years into Barack Obama's first term. The Republicans picked up 6 million more votes than the Democrats. They picked up 63 seats. Okay, you with me? Now get ready. 2022, two years into Biden's first administration, or only administration, we had over 5 million new votes. So that should have put us in the 50-plus pickup range. We got nine-plus seats, and that's still not even a gimme. Now, it is official that the Republicans picked up the House. But how in the world do you square that? How in the world, what has changed to make things so dramatically different? In 1978, we lost six million shy, six million votes less, which would be the equivalent of being 10 million votes less today, at least because of the population. And we actually picked up 14 seats, five more seats than we did in 2022. How do you square that? Gerrymandering comes to mind, you know, rigging the districts and things like that. But there's a lot more going on here. The reason it's odd is because Biden is one of the most unpopular presidents in recent American history. Republicans owned four of the five important issues, according to exit polling, inflation, economy, crime, gun policy and border security. Dems owned the abortion issue, and that's only because the Republican leadership didn't point the finger and get rough with them and say, you support infanticide and make them squirm and make them have to defend that position. To which case they'd either admit that they do support it or B, they would say, I, uh, I'm a little less like up until the day before birth. To which case they would lose that argument. But the Republicans didn't really even try. That's the sad, sad news. So we got to do better, folks. All right, we got a lot of different audio uh, for you um, and we have some memes to read. Uh, here, you know, there's a meme. It says Kevin McCarthy is wearing this Ukrainian flag. My name's Kevin McCarthy, and I support laundering money through Ukraine. You know, that's the sad truth. With regard to FTX, Chapter 11 bankruptcy seals the evidence in years of litigation. This was planned from the start. So, SBF, um, he filed Chapter 11. He posted this on November 11th. He said, Today I filled, I filed FTX, FTX US and Alameda for voluntary Chapter 11 proceedings in the US. So basically, he gets to seal all the evidence, all the documents. Sad, but true. We're going to get into FTX a little bit. We got a clip we're going to play from Jesse Waters that was pretty good. And um, 
And then we got some other stuff we're going to be playing. So we got to get straight to it, actually. What do you call taxpayer dollars sent to Ukraine in the form of foreign aid and then cycled back to the U.S. as campaign donations to the Democrat Party? Call it election interference, folks. Because that's what it is. The Republican D.C. Zelensky team is the same team that supports the Florida governorship. Conservative Treehouse wrote that. I thought that was pretty good. You know, DeSantis and Trump are going at it a little bit. And as I said, I stand with Donald Trump. He earned it. And I don't think uh, DeSantis has the legs to to fill up the arenas. And I don't think he can play as well in other states as Trump can. I also think that uh, the people that want him to replace Trump are the people like Paul Ryan and Karl Rove. They know that it's not going to be ever be Pence. In fact, I'll give you a list and a rundown of the candidates that are like right now up on the screen, you know, that you would see today. It's going to be Mike Pence. Uh, it's going to be uh, Youngkin from Virginia. Uh, Larry Hogan. I think he's from Maryland. Um, Asa Hutchinson will never stand at Snowball's Chance. He's from Arkansas. That's a governor. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Rhino Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Why why was he even on the list? And then there's Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the only person that has a chance, and I can't even see that. Um. What you have to understand is this about this whole dynamic. Don't allow yourself to be pushed around anymore. Paul Ryan and Karl Rove don't decide who your candidate is for president of the United States. Follow your heart and follow your gut. And if your heart and your gut are telling you, yeah, I see the tea leaves too. I see them. I see that Trump energizes the left. I see that Trump made mistakes and that I see that Trump said we would be tired of winning and we're not winning enough. I see all that. I understand the jadedness of all these things, but you have to understand one thing, that there is a lot of dissent. That Russian infiltration uh, thing, that was a Russian hoax. There was nothing true about it. And just because the mainstream media won't cover it and they get Pulitzer Prize for lying to you, that doesn't mean it's right. So do you want to actually bow to these monsters or do you want to stand up and fight? And I say you stand up and fight. And I say you say to them, nobody's going to tell me who my nominee is. You could take it to the bank. And that's what you have to say. You have to cop that attitude. You have to get tough. And you have to say, nobody's going to tell me who to vote for in America. And nobody is going to tell me who my nominee should should be. And the thing is, is that nobody took more sacrifices than Donald Trump and his family. And you have to admit it. And if DeSantis gets a gets to skate a little bit better and, and somehow DeSantis can... Well, we're living in the wrong country if you have to actually take uh, sidesteps 
in order to appease your opposition so that they don't play so rough. I say you hit the gym, you work out, you get tough, and you beat them at their own game. And that means that if it's ballot harvesting we must do, and if it's, it's catering to ballots rather than votes that we must do, then I say let's do it. You know, if we have to, like I said about Lance Armstrong yesterday, you know, the problem is, is that we got, we got, we're playing against a bunch of cheaters here and a bunch of whiners and a bunch of criers and a bunch of complainers who want to hide behind the shield of political correctness. And at some point you just got to, you just got to say tough it, get tough. At this point, do you really give two cares about what, the mainstream media, what Don Lamont thinks, or Chris Como, or Rachel Maddow, or do you care anything what they think? You know they're in the tank for the left. You know they're fraud. You know they're, they're, they're just biased. They're not journalists. Just speak your truth. Do your research. And do what's right. And you know what's right. Don't be afraid to fight. And don't even be afraid to lose. But stand on your principles. And that's what I'm saying. So Forbidden History writes this. 1991, Robert Maxwell, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, father, died in a bizarre set of circumstances. Looted fortune goes missing. And Epstein signs bizarre POA over to the Ohio billionaire's estate in 1991. That's Wexler the head of uh, um, Victoria's Secret and Limited. The fortune surfaces in his hands. 2019, Epstein dies in bizarre circumstances. Justice Fortune reappears. Where do you think it reappeared? I'm going to read this one more time, and I'm going to give you the punchline at the end. So pay attention. 1991, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine and Christina Maxwell's father. Um, they're also related to Dodi Fayed, and they're also related to uh, who was dating Princess Diana. So there's another connection there. But Robert Maxwell dies in a bizarre set of circumstances on a boat in the Mediterranean, and it turns out that that boat had ties to Trump, Trump's boat. It was, it was Trump's boat. <laughs> But what Trump didn't own it at the time of Robert Maxwell's death. But in 1991, Robert Maxwell dies in a bizarre set of circumstances on the boat. Looted, uh, they think it was Mossad. Looted fortune, the looted fortune goes missing. And Epstein, who's friends with Ghislaine, uh, ends up, signs some bizarre POA over to the Ohio Billionaire's Estate in 1991. The fortune surfaces in Epstein's hands, thanks to probably Ghislaine, right? In 2000, and he's working with Wexler, who's working with a bunch of underage models, uh, modeling for Victoria's Secret, right? So 2019, Epstein dies in a bizarre circuit set of circumstances in jail. Bill Gates is actually meeting with him, like, left and right. And Bill Gates is also um, connected with Jamal Khashoggi and 
Bin Talal, and uh, there are videotapes of him having meetings with these people. In 2019, Epstein dies in a bizarre set of circumstances, as you know, just as fortune reappears within uh, Sam Freed's FTX fund. So people are suggesting that the FTX fund ended up with Epstein's money that he got from Robert Maxwell. Do you get it? That's kind of an interesting thing. And of course, the Clintons were right there. And like I say, Freed is on stage with Tony Blair, who's good friends with the Maxwells, and Bill Clinton, who's also good friends with the Epsteins, right? It's all connected, folks. This is a scam. The Clintons have got to be some of the worst people on the planet. <clears throat> so let's take a listen to what Elon Musk had to say about this Sam Bankman-Fried. He didn't know him, but he thought the guy was a total fraud. And not only that, but listen to this part. How in the world do you not know of a guy like Sam Fried that's one, one of the, the biggest donors in the history of the Democrat Party? How, how does this guy surface? It's sort of like Barack Obama. Nobody ever knew anything about this guy. And all of a sudden, he's president of the United States. And all of his records from his youth are sealed. All of his college records sealed because he was probably a foreign student coming out of Kenya. Went to Occidental and got foreign student status in order to get into schools he wasn't eligible for unless he was a foreign student. In any case, it's 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 just what's going on in America for the last since the Clintons. But let's take a listen to what Elon Musk has to say about Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, which is now in bankruptcy and all the records are sealed. Whoops. That wasn't the audio uh, track that we needed to play it on. So here we go again. We'll st- take two. To be honest, I've never heard of him. Um, but then a ton of people were telling me he's got, you know, huge amounts of money that he wants to invest in a Twitter deal. And I talked to him for about half an hour, and uh, I don't know, my, my meter like was like redlining. So I was like, this dude is uh, full of That was my impression. And... So the bleeps out are, he's saying, you know, bull crap, right? So that's what he's saying. So then I was like, but everyone, like, including, like, you know, major investment banks and everyone were saying, talking about him like he's, like, walking on water and has a zillion dollars. And I'm like, that's not my impression. And I, my prediction to the investment banks, which some of it is in, you've seen on text because it was in a court case, uh, was that uh, that dude is just is something wrong. And he does not have uh, capital and he will not come through. That was my prediction. And that is definitely what happened. I'm not the expert on crypto, but, um, you know, I, I think there probably is a future for Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, and Doge. I can't really speak to the others, but if you've got one of those three in a cold wallet, um, not in an exchange, I think, I don't know, my guess is it works out well. Maybe some of the others too, but I don't know about the others. Tell us about SPF. So again, I'm speculating here. I mean, I, I've spent time with him. I've, I've met him a bunch of times and. 
I have to say, I, d- I did not see this coming. Like he, he appeared to me to be um, a very bright, credible, competent person. Perhaps a bit young, perhaps you know, a bit reckless at times, but not unethical and not not committing fraud. I, I definitely did not see that. You know, if I look back to see, were there any warning signs that I should have thought twice about it? You know, one of the things I noticed was that in 2021, you know, Coinbase had a good year. We we did seven billion in revenue, four billion of positive EBITDA. We went, we became public as a company. At that time, FTX did about one billion in revenue. And I knew how much money we had for our venture budget and just like different investments we wanted to make. And I, and I knew their revenue. And I had to scratch my head a bunch of times. And I was like, where is this guy getting all this liquidity? Because he was like buying 9% of Robinhood. He was putting like a billion dollars into this. He was donating to all these politicians. And I was like, I, I, it did not make sense to me where he was getting all this cash. People just kept telling me, oh, his market maker Alameda is just printing cash. And I was like, okay, I guess... You know, it seems like a conflict of interest to own an exchange and a market maker. That's why we haven't done it. But more power to him, I guess. And so I was surprised. I didn't speak up. I cannot I can't explain the psychology of it at this point, whether he's a pathological liar or if he's started off good and somehow under the pressure of this whole thing went bad. But the minute you can you can go watch the interviews, he's 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 lying to people about why he's bailing out Voyager and, and BlockFi and these and, and he he knew at that time that at that time that they were not solvent Alameda was not solvent and so that's where he crossed a major line in, in my book I mean story after story here about you know SBF was going to create this billion dollar philanthropy to yeah, and it didn't happen it gets a little wonkish after that but it did not happen right and uh, this was a good uh, presentation that uh, Jesse Waters put out. And, um, and let's take a listen to part of it. The Democratic Party finds itself in the middle of the biggest financial fraud case in U.S. history. A cryptocurrency company, you know, like the Bitcoin things, just lost $2 billion of its customers' money. They didn't just lose it in the market. It's just gone. Someone stole it. And the company called FTX just went bankrupt after they blew up $32 billion. The crypto market in chaos after the collapse of the FTX exchange with a new set of questions on where billions and billions of dollars went. A criminal investigation of its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, has been opened in the Bahamas. This is being called the worst disaster in the history of crypto. This is bigger than Bernie Madoff, but unlike Bernie Madoff, who was getting rich off a Ponzi scheme, the Democratic Party was getting rich off of FTX. Now, FTX came onto the scene in 2019, and it spent $10 million to put Joe Biden in the White House in 2020. And the guy running FTX, the second biggest Democrat donor in the midterms, after Soros, of course, spent $40 million to get Democrats elected. Wonder why someone like John Fetterman was able to raise his much as four times as much cash as Oz? Well, you can thank Sam Bankman-Fried, who ran this crypto scheme out of a penthouse in the Bahamas. Hi, my name is Sam, and this is my story. Sam has crazy hair. Sam is vegan. So we played that clip yesterday about how woke he is and doing all these good things in this agenda, you know. It's just crazy stuff. Uh, this guy, Michael Saylor, talked with uh, uh, Charles Payne about this. Let's take a listen. You know, it's quite the story, Charles. FTX 
you know, they created a few tokens like FTT and Serum. They promoted a few tokens. They transferred the tokens to Sam's hedge fund Alameda. And since the supply was largely in friendly hands, they were able to manipulate the price of those tokens up through insider wash trading. They eventually got it up to $14 billion in, in accounting value uh, through sleight of hand. And, and of course, normally the cynical Bitcoiners think, uh, you know, these crypto casinos are just manipulating the price of the token up to dump it on retail. But Sam came up with a particular diabolical twist to the entire thing, which is he didn't just create $14 billion of air tokens through insider trading. He actually posted them as collateral and then went shopping for a $10 billion loan from a bank against the air tokens. And the only bank that he could find that would give him the loan was his own bank. So he applied for the loan. He granted himself the loan. And then he very quietly, in a duplicitous fashion, siphoned off $10 billion or more of real assets out of FTX and Alameda, where they proceeded to spend the money on politicians and lobbying and stadium rights and advertisement and celebrity endorsements and condos in the Bahamas. And then they traded a bunch and made a bunch of bad trades and then they lost the money. Mm. And, uh, you know, here we are. It's just a really tragic situation. <clears throat> so, you know, it's a, a total fraud. But, you know, also, I actually think that these globalists and these um, people, these politicians, um, they want to gain control of blockchain. They want to gain control. And, and there is this Wild West frontier mentality related to cryptocurrency, which I'm not a big fan of. I think it's way too volatile in way too many reason, ways. And it's impacted by trends and uh, rumors. Uh, and anytime you get financial institu- financial assets impacted by false rumors, you, you are vulnerable. But in any case, uh, and there's no insurance on your assets. But here's the thing. What they're going to do is they're paving the way for a need. They're creating a crisis. So not only did they commit the fraud, and not only did the fraud uh, help all the Democrat candidates, and not only did they commit another fraud by giving all this money to Ukraine, laundering it back into FTX so that Democrats could prosper in their political races. But then at the end of the road, the people in charge are going to look at this FTX and they're going to say something needs to be done about it. And then they're going to organize a regulated, globalist-controlled financial uh, digital currency. So it's going to actually feed that, their cause. And they're going to tie digital currency to climate carbon, foot, uh, carbon footprints and uh, behavior control and social credit scores. And if you don't get the jab and if you don't uh, comply with the pandemic, the next one that's coming around the corner, then you are going to get a lower social credit score. You're going to have less access to money. They're going to control your behavior through the digital banks that are going to be regulated as a result of this, which was perpetrated by them. It's sort of like Katie Hobbs policing the election that she actually benefits from. It's sort of like the FBI 
looking into J6 when they're the ones that actually started it. You see, it's government corruption. Take a listen to Klaus Schwab. But actually, he wants to fundamentally change the what world. What we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. He wants a restructuring of the world, Klaus Schwab does. And guess who's going to be on top of that world? Him. Him. Right? It's, it's absolutely crazy. So this couldn't come soon enough. This Hello, Donald everybody. Trump. I'm pleased to announce that I'm running for president of the United States. And together, we are going to make our country safe, prosperous, great, and glorious again. Under Joe Biden, we're a nation in decline. But our movement has the power to save America, and we must do that. We can once again build the greatest economy in the history of the world. We can bring back strong borders. We can give our police the support they need and the respect they deserve. And we can restore hope to communities all across our land. This campaign will decide the fate of our entire nation, and we must win. I'm asking each of you to join us in this great national effort. Get online, sign up, donate, take action, volunteer, get organized, talk to your neighbors. Together, we will save our country and we will make America great again. All right, so there you have it. And uh, I'm signing up. How about you? Um, this was an important statement that I thought he made. Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement. Okay? This is where he is separated from DeSantis. You ought to try it sometime. <laughs> Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African American... And on and on, right? So, yeah, I think that that's what separates Donald Trump from DeSantis, is the movement. Uh, here is another little announcement here. It's official. President, former President Trump announcing for the third time he will run for president. If elected, he would be only the second U.S. president in history to get elected to non-consecutive terms. Here was the crux of that major announcement. Take a listen. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Big cheers. And here's the thing. Grover Cleveland was the only other president that, that did this. Um, and so uh, now here uh, I have a couple of more clips I want to play before we run out of time. Uh, one is this is uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsing McCarthy. 
We need subpoena power. And in order to have subpoena power, we have to elect Kevin McCarthy. We can't, I can't support a challenge that will allow the Democrats to, to elect their own speaker by pulling some of ours. Well, that's false. That's a lie. That's not true. Um, that's not at all the case uh, with regard to the subpoena power. Marjorie Taylor Greene is my friend, and she will continue to be my friend long after this Matt leadership Gates. issue is resolved. But we see this very differently. Right now, we are in a process of elimination paradigm because as the math is working out, any five people, five America first Congress members, five more moderate Republicans can get together and functionally veto any one person as leader. So within the Republican conference, we are going to have to have a coalition governance, not by virtue of my choice or anyone else's, but by virtue of how these elections are getting sorted out. And we're taking losses in California where we should have won. And frankly, we got wins in New York State that no one ever believed would happen. And what I, while I, I deeply care about Marjorie Taylor Greene, I see what a warrior and a fighter she is in the movement, my concern is that we cannot trust Kevin McCarthy. This is the same Kevin McCarthy who said that I was a danger to others because I verbally criticized Liz Cheney. This is the same Kevin McCarthy who spent tens of millions of dollars in primaries against America First candidates. And then when people like Caroline Levitt and Joe Kent prevailed in their primaries, they were in a worse shape to go and face the general election because Kevin McCarthy had spent so much money against them in the primary. I mean, I look at Yvette Harrell in uh, in New Mexico, who's only going to lose by a small handful of votes. And what if instead of attacking Republicans and supporters of President Trump, we put those tens of millions of dollars behind her candidacy? So I think there were strategic decisions that were wrong. I think those strategic decisions illuminate a lack of trust. And you see where he's going there. Now, let's take a listen to this. That delay so I could go, but I'll be there in spirit. President Trump, 1,000 percent. I'm pre- President okay. Trump, 1,000 percent. I'm very close with President Trump. And- so he gives 1,000 percent uh, support of Donald Trump. We are running out of time, unfortunately, today. Uh, be sure to check out our gold partner. Our gold partner is Genesis Gold over at 800 385 4653. That's 1 800 385 Gold. Also, check out Tactical Civics. Find out how you could take your country back locally. Go over to magapack.org and see what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you can. And when you go over to my pillow, please use Red State as your promo code. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, and grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.